0: So, hello, namaste, adab, zindabad. Welcome to another episode of Fursat Feminism. I'm Arunzati. I'm Deepa. Today we are joined by Shraddha. Shraddha is a friend of Joe's who, along with Brinalini, will be on another episode of Fursat Feminism further down this season. Joe and Brinalini's fantastic project, Transform, is something we will talk about on that episode. But Shraddha and Joe became friends through. Instagram in this wonderful intimate space that has come to be in the last few years I think and I'll let them speak more about that but so excited to have you on Shraddha. Welcome.
1: Hello. Hi. Thank you. Hi. (laughs) Nice being here
0: so happy to have you but I think when we started thinking of the podcast there was just a random list of things we had made and Deepa had made an independent list and I had made an independent list and and sort of foremost on that list somewhere was hair and I don't know why right I mean it was much 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 more of a stream of consciousness that that list making uh, for both of us but it's clearly something that we've both sort of sat with in some ways and uh, when you said hair, I said, Okay, this sounds good. <laughs> so yes, yeah, so I'd love to know what it is that drew you to that idea. How what is it that you want to speak about today? For sure. I
1: mean, before I start, I would just like yeah. to say my name is Shraddha and my pronouns are they them. I'm non binary and I chose hair Because when I saw the list, it just like really, it just like stood out from the list. There was also relationships and love. And because I'm polyamorous and like a bunch of other things, I love using all these different labels sometimes. But like that also stood out for me. But then I was like, no, yeah, this hair and I have like a larger story here. I've had short hair and really long hair, but mostly short hair all through my life. There's been a lot of experimentation with color, cutting my hair myself when I was too young and fucking it all up and then then growing up and then realizing I could do it myself. Currently, my best friend cuts my hair the best I would say uh, because I can't do my back for shit. Like I'm just really bad, but. But yeah, this, this is my journey with uh, with cuts, so to speak. And I've done a lot of weird things also. <laughs> uh, and, and I've drawn a lot of attention, both like negative, positive, neutral, like what the fucks. Like there's been a lot of mixed reactions, which has been very interesting. There, there was a point, there's st- it's still there in the back of my head where like someday I want to Maybe write a coffee table book with a lot of illustrations of all the different hairstyles I've had and like list down all the reactions I've received.
0: (laughs) Oh my god.
1: This is a real idea. This like I'm not making this up. Mm. Like I started a Google Doc and
0: all. If you start a Google Doc, it becomes real. It's true. I'm fully subscribed to this idea. There are several khayali pulao Google Docs lying in my drive. Exactly. <laughs> That's how you will the universe into making it happen.
1: And Google is pretty much the universe. So, you know, yeah, <laughs> correct. Well, I think like my earliest memory of ever feeling conscious or like thinking about hair was uh, I was playing sports at a very young age and I was also dancing a lot on stage and doing stage performances and stuff. So for the sake of convenience, I, I think I assume like a lot of kids usually have their hair cut short. And I was going to like an all girl school and like a lot of the like the small kids there like would always have short hair. So I thought it was pretty normal. It was only until like just about to become a teenager is like when everybody started growing out their hair. And then I was like, no, yeah, like I don't want to let go of this. Like <laughs> it's fine. It works, you know and as somebody who presents or like looks like a girl it's it's something that like I think we all receive comments about hair and like appearing to you know mass and then slowly like while growing up the the perception kind of shifts to it becomes like outsiders as well like there there would be like comments from taxi drivers or like people strangers on the road people working at stalls like oh they'll call me sir and like initially I'd be like oh this is this is really weird and I feel offended you know and then later I'd be like oh this is damn cool like this feels like a full-on you know I feel like what's that person's name yeah an x-men that person who keeps changing (laughs) boy
0: the mutant I'm not plugged
1: into that Sorry. universe, but yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. There's this mutant on X-Men that can basically sh- shapeshift, is a shapeshifter. Mm-hmm. So they can take on like different identities. That was also kind of like, I think my first idea of what supernatural idea of what transness could like look like.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But, but yeah, I was like, oh, this is cool. Yeah, Like people want to understand like, gender Yeah, this is interesting. <laughs> that was i guess my growing consciousness about my hair
0: mm I do remember, you know, the cutting of hair because we lived in rural parts of Gujarat was always done at My mother's cutting of my hair used to be, as you said, completely based on convenience. Zero percent based on any aesthetics. Her convenience of how much she could invest in my hair care. She's like, I'm I'm a doctor in an NGO, matlab, the two when they come together is like zero time for you. So it literally used to just hack my hair off completely. And so all my early childhood my idea of what should hair be it was convenient it shouldn't get in the way <laughs> that was yeah. that was the idea it shouldn't get in the way of whatever I wanted to. Do. and it's so funny that that decision was taken for me by somebody else it was taken for me by my mother and I think because there were so many categorizations of how people must behave when they present in a certain way hair had a big part to do in that and so very early on because I used to have short hair there was this understanding She's like you said. She's a tomboy. So that tomboy haircut that used to not just define how I looked, but def- very much how I would behave and how I would how I would yeah. socialize and who I would socialize with and who I felt permission to socialize with. That was the earliest rejection from my end of the girly girl trope i was like nay nay, i'm not one of those girls i was like i have cool short hair i'm one of the guys yeah yeah i took on that identity and then and then sort of i think also developed other parts of my personality around that so a big part of who i ended up being in early years was sort of subconsciously taken in a decision that my mother made of convenience sort of very early on. And this is something that I've lived with a lot. So I was so interested when you said hair because knowingly, unknowingly, it has been a big part of how the world has immediately seen me and perceived me because I've always had super short hair. And one of my throwaway sort of lines in life is that it's hair, it grows. Like I, the reason I cut it short mm. is because like I have no attachment to my hair. But I also think that is in some way sort of undermining what a conscious choice I'm making to be the person with the short hair (laughs) Mm -hmm. also. Like it's not just, uh, you know, I don't care to this. No, I have an attachment to the identity that I'm creating when I cut my hair a certain way or when I present a certain way. And I think that has, there is an intentionality there that I keep sort of negating for some reason
1: yeah because I used to think about this a lot about like oh if I cut my hair this way who do I become like tomorrow you mm. like how yeah. how is this going to like affect me and like what kind of personality am I taking on this time you know and it used to always like excite me a lot my most like drastic haircut was where I I grew the hair to like about shoulder length like boob length, and then I cut off like one side and shaved it off to see like what what happens and what I look like because I'd always like wanted to look like one of those cool like comic book characters uh by the way the name is Mystique the (laughs) shapeshifter yeah yeah it was just very interesting because that was so drastic on my head like you can't miss it at all and it's very confusing for uh, for people and so I had just moved back to India and I had that hair I was living outside for about 5 6 years I was living in uh, Oakland in California and it's a it's very like nice laid back free queer no one gives a shit no one assumes anything you're probably queer we don't know kind of space and then I came back and I had this head and then I was like oh god what am I doing Uh, anyways it's gonna be like a big culture shock and like this is just going to aggravate it but then I was like no yeah it's fine like I might as well get over this initial shock that I've created for myself that I'm (laughs) kind of in control of. and then it'll grow it'll grow back (laughs) like what else is gonna happen nothing it'll grow back or I go completely bald and that way it's even I don't know so I came back with this head and it was just there was like mixed reaction there was like laughter there was concern uh there was like oh my god this is so cool oh my god Mm -hmm. like i have to like can i take a picture of you and i was like no it's fine (laughs) 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 because i was going through a lot at the time to have like having to move back home the hair kind of helped soften that like I guess it was like a nice distraction in a way because it made me think of it as a social experiment when like moving back. Yeah, and I was just like, oh, this this is helping the process of kind of readjusting and changing the pace of my
0: life again. That's, that's so interesting, this idea of like, Changing the pace of time with a distraction. I've gone through something similar. When I was 16, I'd gone on an exchange program to the US. And I think there was huge sort of reverse culture shock when I came back. When you go to some other space, there is an assumption that you will be different when you come back there's an assumption that you'll be the same and that sameness obviously doesn't happen now i'm thinking through my distraction tactics did i have any <laughs> did i employ something because i think we all have different ways of coping with what can feel like a lot of scrutiny on who you are and who you are becoming because you got exposed to this this world
2: don't get too
1: westernized yeah westernized is like everybody's favorite word yeah to
0: use Hold all for anything that's wrong, wrong with you. It's a hold all. But Deepu has Deepu has a very different uh, <laughs> journey.
2: Thing is, uh, when. As Arundhati told you that we were working together and one of the first things that we had to do together was to do this like art installation. Our idea was to like show what is our understanding of a movement. One of the bits in that was that we had, we had asked all the team members to click a picture of one part of their body which they appreciate the most or they associate with the most. That day I asked Arundhati to click a picture of my hair and it was such a, such a moment for me because I'd never said it out loud before that that I am like like very conscious of my hair in that sense, right? So, and she clicked a very nice picture. Like it, for some reason, made me feel like, oh my God, I have such pretty hair, The with is, which is something I've never, I'd never felt, not never, but like I'd very rarely felt, I would say. So the thing is, my journey with my hair has been somewhat similar to Arundhati's. As a child, all those decisions were taken by, by my mom father not my mother also like my father because he had this weird conception that if you want to be good in your studies you should have short hair (laughs) really i've never heard that he's like if you have long hair you'll spend time maintaining your hair and like brushing your hair so just cut it short and he's like you don't have to worry about all of these things so get your hair cut short and then he would get my hair shaved without Asking me, of course, um, he would decide that for himself. And I would feel sh- ashamed of that because that was not a choice. And I was very young and like four, five-year-old. He would do that. I would feel so ashamed that I would go and hide under the bed. Just hope and pray that the hair will grow by the time I get out of my bed. you know. So... so. So that has been there. And then uh, for the longest period, my hair was short. What I feel is that in India, at least uh, every region has their own sort of validated form of hair, you know, like that's something that is expected from a particular gender, be it texture, be it your uh, sort of the way your hair looks, the height and the length of your hair, everything. There's a norm that's there. And so like Mm, in UP for girls, it was long, straight hair if not straight should be at least wavy and it uh, should be shiny and whatever whatever so i didn't fit into any of those at that point because I had really rough hair and my mother would get cut like really short and my my school teacher would like tell all the boys in the class that and I used to be like she's punishing them or she's punishing me I don't know what she's doing but like mm-hmm. and they would all laugh at me of course because you know oh, that way but then uh, I would you know this was very interesting because I would always imagine how I would look if I have like long hair because that was something I could not understand like i just couldn't perceive matlab, how will i look if i have longer hair and then my yeah. ha- hair grew longer again not by choice but just happened because hair grows yeah <laughs> because i was too anxious to go to a parlor by myself and uh, i was like in my 12th standard had 5000 things to figure out in my life ha- managing so many things in my house that hair was the last thing on my mind at that point so it just grew you know it just grew and it was such a distinct thing for so many people because I probably was the only girl in my school with short hair at that point so I was like mm-hmm. famous for that oh, wow. in my school that oh that you know that mm-hmm. and then it grew and the first time I remember I had, a, I had like the first ponytail I'd ever had was during my board's exam. A friend of mine walks up to me and she's like, oh my God, your hair just looks messy and just like, so she's like, I'll just tie it up for you. Like, nahi, meri ponytail kabhi banti nahi, meri ponytail nahi bane ki. And then she's like, do you understand that hair grows? I'm like, Ha, but like, I have never in my life tied a ponytail. And then she's like, hai, kar Every single person of my class made it a point to come to me and like, oh my God, you have a ponytail. And I'm like, Matlab, it's such an odd thing for me to have. So the point I was trying to make is that, I've had very disconnected sort of a relationship with my hair even though it has impacted me a lot it has Mm -hmm. never been something that I was able to make a choice about and also like this idea of feeling ashamed of my body was also very much associated with my hair for some reason because I was always told that you have really rough hair and you have really greasy hair and you don't have really good hair or whatever and then I think when I went to Bombay because Bombay, in some sense anthropologically, some say, somehow, people just have a little curly, uh, you know, that kind of hair, very curly with like a lot of frizz in the in everywhere. So suddenly, I was more acceptable there. Like people would be like, "Oh, you have such pretty hair!" Like, I'm like, "Oh, really? I mean, I didn't know that. Like, how can I have nice hair? How can somebody think my hair is nice?" And then, so like. I like to say that my whole conscious effort of starting to accept myself and my body has really started with me trying to accept my hair. Like when I was listening to Shraddha and they were saying all those things, all the kinds of experiments that they've done with their hair. I mean, I've had people in my campus doing that. I've looked up to them I'm like, oh my God, someday I'll be able to do this. Like someday I'll be able to have that kind of agency in my life that I will be able to do that. And I will not have like... I'll not kill myself with overthinking that, <laughs> <laughs> Even now, I, I remember I last year, I, I went to, it was my sister's wedding, and I went to get a haircut. And then I'm always so nervous in a parlor. And this guy's like, madam, how I'm like, cut And then he just cut it, whatever he felt like. And I not I whatever. And I came back and feel in, like, I was staying in Gujarat in a rural area and everybody had an opinion about my hair there right and I was like I was literally feeling like I'm shrinking because I would be like I would want people to not look at my hair <laughs> and mm-hmm. hai. I mean, like, okay it has grown short no problem but uh, and and with Arundhati like Arundhati was another person who would get too many comments about her hair but like I had seen her handling it in a way I don't know if it was just an external thing but handling it in a way where she would she would actually just say that he care." like I want to do this um. and like Walk away with that. And I was like, ja mujhe you bol rahe the?" because I would think about it. I would sit and think about. It.
1: And I I mean like also <laughs> like listening to both of you. Yeah, I mean like it's pretty obvious that like hair is political and like it yeah. comes with the agency that and the access that you have to your own hair to do with some amount
0: of privilege and like politics
1: of the region mm-hmm. that you are in. Yeah.
0: I I, I mean, also the politics sort of extends, obviously, to caste, right? So very early on, my brother, when he was young, got his head shaved as a part of Mundan, which is Mm -hmm. done to young young Brahmin boys. And I had been asking to get my head shaved for a really long time because I had heard or read somewhere (laughs) that if you shave your hair, it grows back in a new texture or like, you, you know, if you have really, really straight hair, you might get like curly hair or like wavy hair or something. I mean, I- precisely why my father used to get my hair sh-
2: head shaped so many times. He thought, curls are <laughs> I should finally have straight hair if I get it shaped like 20 times. I tried that
1: one side shave, shape, kuch nahi hua. it's the same. It was a fail, <laughs> fail plan. <laughs> It's a scam that I bought into partially. I trialed, I did a trial with it and it came back scanty only as the rest of my head is. So I was like, okay, fine. Thanks for nothing. <laughs>
0: No, so this whole Bundan thing, I kept saying I want to shave my hair off. And it was so scandalizing to my family, this idea that a woman should want to shave her head because there's there's very specific incidents or situations in which you are allowed to do that. sadhavi's do that or, you know, these like mm. certain kinds of people in certain situations uh, do that. Very early on, I used to like espouse all these ideas and that used to pick people off What she's not behaving like a girl, not acting like how she should behave. She doesn't pretend like a girl. Now she's asking all these questions about caste and about how women why women aren't allowed to do what what these men are allowed to do and why should my brother have to get you know his head shaved when he doesn't want to and he's clearly crying and like what is this initiation ceremony and what is it initiating him into and you know so it became like this whole this whole conversation and then I remember the other part of the whole thing and this is sort of comes from a place of ignorance or or cultural appropriation, whatever, was when I was in the US, I was in a school uh, 16. I mean, I was in 11th standard, I'd gone straight from rural Gujarat. Most of my friends in that inner city public school were African American. And all these women used to have I mean, a a range of hair, right? Some people had fantastic afros, some people had weaves, some people had all sorts of different kinds of hair. And I didn't fully even understand the concept of a weave. And I remember somewhere categorizing, oh, I wear my natural hair as if that's, you know, there is something more great about having natural hair and there is something Uh. lesser on the pedestal Mm -hmm. uh, about having hair that is sort of built in or woven in or on one hand I used to say that and then on the other hand I'm like oh I think I want to have an afro and I think somebody sat me down someday and was like listen you Indian person you please sit down you cannot have an afro okay that's not for you to have okay and it's then that that whole conversation about cultural appropriation started. And I was happy that there were people who very kindly sort of explained to me what is wrong with that idea. Of course, I was also 16. So there was whatever limited vocabulary we all possessed at that time, somebody Mm -hmm. sat and explained to me that hair is political, that you know, that that what you wear, what you look like, how you present, uh, it's a part of your identity. And you cannot pick and choose bits of what you find aesthetically pleasing in somebody else yeah. especially when that has become a marker of their subjugation for many many centuries you cannot simply pick that out and be like oh that looks pretty let <laughs> we just like get some dreads or like get some you know get an afro yeah and that these are spaces in which I have started to learn what you're saying Shrata that that hair is political and that the there is something so much deeper about that relationship that we have with hair uh, and other people's hair and our perception of other people and their hair and how, how much of shedding needs to happen in that process for of sure categorizing.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, so I was a full-time dancer for a long time and primarily learning and teaching breaking, which is a, which is a hip hop dance form. Mm-hmm. And There was a lot of, like, learning that I would do through YouTube because this was, like, what, over 10 years back. While that was all great and everything, I didn't fully comprehend how hair also is a part of Black culture as well. Flash forward to, like, learning, understanding, having more access, learning to use the internet better. I do think, like, there is a lot, like, especially now because the hip-hop and the dance scene in India is, like, much larger, but mm-hmm. there is still like, like a very surface level understanding of how black culture is so tied up with hip hop. And it's very frustrating yeah. for me as somebody like, there are still a lot of people who will like use braids and, you know, weaves and stuff. And and there are people, there are like Siddhi people that are also black people who live in India who do this as part of their service that's totally fine right like I have nothing to say about that but it's it's people who like will use these aesthetics and you know commodify them and like repurpose them without really talking about any of it and like I just feel like there's this big miss there and there's like a really big hip-hop culture outside of just dancing right like in terms of music and stuff Mm -hmm. but like no one will talk about the political nature of hair and hip-hop and the aesthetics of it and and it pisses me off like a lot because i i don't attend as many events as i used to but also because of the pandemic but like it's still like a very commonly visible thing in like Mm -hmm. a lot of these public events or whatever so yeah
2: So, just feel that we need more feminist hair stylists in like more of these places. Because I'm just like, yeah, if I'm I, going to come I to agree. your space, you're going to tell me that, oh, ma'am, aap ye you're, aap hair spark, you to do something. One guy literally asked me that, you in IB. Mein kaam karte ho, kya? Matlab, because I kept telling him that my work, because of my work, I can't take care of my hair a lot because I, like, I'm mostly in fields. He just jumped to a conclusion saying, You work in IB. What is aap- IB? Wait, what is IB? Intelligence Bureau. What? Oh my God. <laughs> he jumped to that. He was like, wow. Oh <laughs> 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 wow. But
1: these hair salons, nah, like I don't understand this whole pricing of like uh, women's haircut and like men's haircut is like different. It's hair. <laughs> How does hair have a gender? Exactly. It's so ridiculous. Oh, God. That's another reason why, like, I just don't feel comfortable going to salons anymore. Like,
2: I found a friend who cuts our hair. I'm like, just cut de mere I'm really tired of my hair. Just cut it for me, please. And then she's like, huh
1: That's awesome.
2: Just happy that I don't have to go to salons for that. <laughs>
1: Yeah, like, uh, I feel like they make you so conscious about everything.
2: So I I have a very interesting anecdote. Oh my God. The last I got my haircut in a salon was before Arundhati's wedding. So I went to get a haircut and uh, I went at 7.30 in the evening uh, in Ahmedabad. So by 7.30, Ahmedabad shuts down apparently. So I was the last customer in their sort of salon. So, this guy had a lot of time. So, he was like, are you going to sell something for this? So, they were like, okay, ma'am, i have a lot of dandruff. Bahut hai. I'm like, okay, let's do the hair wash. There's no problem. Nahi. So, he did some hair wash, <laughs> yeah. some organic, something, something. He had found out. Of then course. he cut my hair and then he's like, ma'am, I'll tell you how dandruff are you about it. Then he took me to this very interesting room where there was like, literally, it felt like a laboratory. Okay. So, there was like a huge equipment, like a huge monitor and something else, some sort of a, Scanner wow. kind of a thing, and he put it in my hair, and then I could see my hair follicles on the monitor. And then he's like, ma'am, and follicle. Khula ho hai. Oh my God. And this this hair will fall out. And I'm like, it was so scary, and I was just like, oh no. And then he's like, Aap Main treatment kar, kar, dunga and I'm like, okay. Uh, what will be the ch- cost? And then he's like, Oh, so we start with 25,000 to 75,000. Are you serious? So, you so, I'm like, I was like, main, Actually, I'm not going and this and that. And I gave him like f- 50 excuses because you can't tell somebody that I don't earn enough to give you <laughs> this much money. <laughs> so, 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 yeah, and oh then, my God. then I just like ran out of that salon. I just literally paid whatever I could and just ran out
0: of it I'm like I'm never going back there I don't know how these salons thrive off this like shame economy yaar. what is that it's like you know jo advertisements
1: we na. like that is like a very blanket shaming this is like a personal level shaming yeah, <laughs> yeah you get it follicle by follicle yeah. <laughs> exactly <laughs> By the way, Deepa, you aren't alone in this follicle examination. <laughs> oh, no. The same thing happened. Oh, God. And yeah, whatever, haircut and all happened. And they were like, mom, oh, ma'am. <laughs> and I was like, okay, what now? Like, what happens? And then he showed me like, he, like, I don't know. He did something, dude. And like, he showed me like a lot of flakes and stuff. And I was like, oh, God. I mean if you're going to do that yeah sure like ruin my scalp more and like show me everything just like peel off my head but it scared me a lot and then scared me enough to like let them do one treatment but it wasn't it was it was still expensive yeah I spent what like some 3,000 for one sitting like there was like a big voice in my head I was like Shada what the fuck are you doing just leave just fuck this this is stupid (laughs) I don't know why you're here. But then there was also another part of me. I was like, but then what if they can treat this once and for all in one sitting? <laughs> yeah. Because there's this crazy hope fueled by capitalism and the shame economy.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, you sell me something in the name of pampering myself or like feeling good about myself. That's good. Like, but what is this shit about you are a defected piece and let us fix you? <laughs> like, Yeah. <laughs> Let us tell you all the ways in which you need to be fixed. I avoid one-on-ones when I go to salons. You take a friend. I take a friend or like I take a pair of earphones and just plug in immediately. I don't Ah, want to have conversations. That's good. (laughs) Yeah. The problem is I once took my partner who has longer hair than me. So he likes growing out his hair and he has beautiful, curly, gorgeous, healthy hair. Okay. And... So he came and sat on the chair next door. So this person is like, Are Ek ke bhi mil raha hai. Do, Dola ko like, Sir, mein aapko se madam ke bal badwa Let's
1: reset the heteronormativity. Oh my God, <laughs> I can't get over it. <laughs> I was gonna say, please eliminate gendered haircuts. and Yes. And, yeah. Yes. I, I do think by that logic, then all trans and non-binary people should get free haircuts.
0: Yeah. <laughs> also as reparations for everything. All the other shit society throws at. For all
1: the other shit.
0: One free haircut. Exactly. Yeah. So I, I, yeah, I had cousins who had like all this lumba, lumba, like luscious, uh, curly hair. And they were they did Bharatnatyam, And there was this like whole image of what you needed to be, right? You have to do this and do this and do this and do and sing Karnati classical music. And then you are like... You know, worthy of that
2: <laughs> oh my god in my field office there were three gir- women young women that i was working with all three of them had really long hair at least two of them had to really long hair like knee length so uh, she one of my colleagues was really struggling with that and i told her that why don't you just get a haircut and she's like my mother will die if i if i cut my hair i'm like what and she's like, I'm not exaggerating. She literally will. Like, I cannot cut my hair. And I'm just like... And then she had like... She had trimmed her hair. Like, to like some two centimeters of her hair she got trimmed. And she was so scared. Like, she would just continuously tie her hair in a bun because she's just scared that her if her mother sees, she will immediately figure out that, you know, her hair is shorter than it was.
1: <laughs> and that wow. would be a big problem. <laughs> I think I, I am that cousin with like, the strange or shocking appearance that's all I can offer you
0: <laughs> there has to be one like outlier cousin that everybody's told ki aise mat banna like this is this uh-huh. is your example of who you should not be. I
1: think <laughs> I'm quite sure I've made it Congratulations! but yeah like you know you were saying the thing about Carnatic music like they did try huh? like see right now I've made it I've become the person that probably all the other aunts and uncles and cousins warned you about, but like back then, you know, they did try to put me into all of these things. And the thing is, like, we are not technically supposed to do Carnatic music because we're OBC. So, like, but then we came to Bombay and also, like, yeah, yeah, let's yeah. let's internalize all the casteism, the fuck out of ourselves, and uh, put put our kids in Bharatanatyam and. Uh, oh and Karnataka Classical and do all the stuff and everything. (laughs) But like I just did not agree with that entire vibe of the place like the person's house that I used to go to, uh, the teacher. Like it was always very serious and like you have to like present a certain way. Everyone had long hair. Everyone like took a shower and had a bath and like had fucking bhasma on their heads when they came for class and I didn't do any of that. Because, like, that was just, like, not our, like, whatever, culture, caste. While I really enjoyed singing and doing Carnatic music, I just never felt like it was ever a space I could occupy. Because no one, like, looked like they were having a chill life. (laughs) No one had short hair. And also, most of them were all, like, UC kids. So, it was just, didn't, like, feel very comfortable to occupy. So, yeah. And I, I think after that also, like, the hair kind of became like more important as a way of like because it started pissing off my parents more and then college happened. I started like making a little bit of money on the side and then I colored my hair and that was the whole thing because I I tried to like color my hair in a way that it looked like my head was on fire and it was like it was red at the bottom okay and it was black on top and that was also like the only surface area like was that was pretty affordable also. Then it was like my mom would tell me things like, you know, oh, I'm going to the market today. You don't come with me. <laughs> mm-hmm. And yeah, like it was just very interesting because then I feel like back then it felt like the relationships with different family members were changing. But I think, you know, also in a sense, it because it was m- a much more authentic expression of myself, it also reflected that my relationships were becoming more and more like realer. So, yeah, that was like a very interesting, I guess, test of relationship within the family because, mm. yeah, I mean, the yeah. family was obviously like the most resistant, I feel.
0: This just to go back to the, your point about your Karnatic classes, there used to be so because I grew up in a Chotu village, didn't have any access to. Thankfully, didn't have any access to Bramwins <laughs> in general. Uh, thankfully. So yeah. there was no chance that there was this like karnatic classes or Bharatanatyam classes or anything that is like completely gatekept by the upper castes. So my sort of introduction to both music and dance was completely Adivasian folk music and uh, dance. Mm. So I think it's so interesting that that always felt more accessible at all times in in mm. any appearance. At some point, I enrolled into Bharatnatyam classes once we moved to the city for a very short period of time. And I remember the first comment was, you need to grow your hair. The second comment was, you need to, uh, you know, wear these clothes and come. The third thing was, so there's these rules before you even have access to this space. These are this is the roster of like rules you need to follow. Or this is how you need to look. This is how you need to be. And I think I gave up on it very, very soon. And credit to my parents, they were like, "Okay, you're not interested, get out." And I had never felt like dance or music needed entry before that, right? It, that it needed invitation or entry or rule following. And a very big part of that was hair, like a very big part of that was this this choice to have short hair and people being like, "But tumhare I'm like, kab hoga? I don't think I will ever have an arangitram.
1: Um, i was going to ask you guys about like have 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 your like relationships with people like your friendships and your and your like romantic ships have they had any effect on like how you how you wear your hair and stuff um
0: yeah i think one in one way i think it has been affected with previous partners is that uh they expect me to overperform femininity to make up for the fact that my hair presents as masculine. So mm. if if I also dress androgynously, uh mm. there's a problem. Like that that started becoming a problem.
2: One of my partners had said this to me that if I if I could change one thing about you, that would be your hair. And I'm just like, hmm, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Never asked follow asked any follow up question for that, but then I was told that once.
1: Well, you did change one thing about yourself. The person's not there anymore. So. Yes, <laughs> I've I've had like a, a, a an ex partner tell me like, you know, like always saying things like, "Oh no, I'm not saying it looks bad. I would, I would just, I just like wish you'd grow your hair. You know, because you look so much nicer with long hair." Like the focus of it is still like, oh, this person like wants to alter my appearance, and only then, only then Shadda will you be acceptable, and this relationship will
0: work, which in the moment seems so believable. Yeah, yeah. It's it's framed as such a small ask. Oh yeah,
1: इतना God, this someone I know. <laughs> someone I knew would tell me like, oh, Shada, like, oh, this is so sad, you know. Like, where is your hair? Like, it's so much better when it's long." Oh, Shada, don't cut. And like, make these horrible, like, sad, I'm so concerned for your expression. And like, oh. put their hand in my hair and be like, oh, this is like, not enough hair. And this is like the worst <laughs> gesture. Like, I don't know why I think, they probably are trying to do it out of affection mixed with concern but it's so like it feels so violating like that them touching you and touching your hair and expressing like disappointment
0: yeah yeah
1: it's just really
0: like invalidating yeah it feels like a strange invasion of personal space when somebody
1: feels like
0: it. they can just put their hand in your hair and use that as a as an extension of a judgment making process of just like oh my god this is oh god, so strange
1: just... and it's it's so like acceptable too. like it's such a common practice to do that with like especially with young people like older people doing it to younger people
0: and it's so strange, right? Actually, intimacy is because you asked that question of like, how has that affected intimacies? A very big part of how I show intimacy is by stroking someone's hair, running my hands through their hair. or their, This is friendships as well as relationship. But I had a friend when I was in 10 standard or something. And she had beautiful, like what I used to think is aspirational hair for me because I had short hair. So I was like anything, I had short straight hair. So anything that's long and curly is aspirational because it's the exact opposite huh? so I'm like yeah, ye. so she had this nice hair and, and I used to keep like out of just general like intimacies and friendships I used to start like touch it and while we were talking or something just like run my hands through her hair while we were talking or something like that and which I now think back and think is like one of the most intimate things I do to people <laughs> but like okay and so she used to turn around and she's like just look at my face and be like don't touch my hair and I used to yeah. feel so like I have crossed a boundary and I used to feel really bad but then I realized like later in life that she's so good at setting that boundary and she's so good and she's so good at setting that boundary and then that made that trained me to not assume that about other people in life, Ki matlab, mm. just because I can touch this, you know, I can touch anybody, just because I feel intimate or affectionate in a certain way about them, doesn't mean that, that they want that to happen to them.
1: That's so interesting. I'm just realizing <laughs> that I don't really like people touching my hair, like, even in, like, intimate spaces, with, like, in, like, romantic trips and stuff, like, I'm not a fan only, like, now that I think of
2: it. I have an interesting sort of a take on that, I think. And not interesting. I have an opposite take on that. Because huh. I generally like when people touch my hair. Because I have always been told, Kire, like if somebody like puts their hand in your hair, it will never come out. <laughs> so, uh, I like, I've been told this. That, uh, you know, only if you could straighten your hair. Or, you know, because then otherwise... So then when I find somebody who likes touching my hair or, like, who, like, sits with me and, like, does something to my hair, I really like it because I feel like, okay, finally somebody is accepting my hair except for myself. Mm. Um, yeah. That sounds so wholesome. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I I love the image of, like, putting my head in somebody's lap and them like, stroking my hair. But when it happens in real life, I don't like it. I'm like, okay. <laughs> In theory, this is great. (laughs) Sounds great in theory. (laughs) In reality, I'm not enjoying this. Oh my god.
1: I was just thinking of Pantene and Vatika and all these like ads. Like and their hair all look the same. The funniest ad though is I think that Ghania Fructis where they took the ball and they put it on some truck and then (laughs) they pulled it. Yeah. It <laughs> was really
0: funny. yeah. Dole shole mat banao, tum ba strong, banao. Then you're a proper woman. <laughs> uh-huh. I like to say that my hair has a head of its
2: like has a brain of its own because like just changes its texture, whatever, whenever, however, like there will be days and I'll get up and like, Are you What nice curls I have and then there'll be days and I'm just like, is this really curly? Is it supposed to be curly? What is happening? I don't understand these ads. And they they yeah they just build a lot of insecurity one and the other thing is you just sit uncomfortably with your hair a lot more when you when you watch these yeah. ads because you're like when you look at those ads they feel more manageable those kind of even curly hair they, that looks so much more manageable than the ones that probably people like I have or other people have
0: <laughs> now I compare myself to all the men all the Virat Kohli's of the world advertising cranberry shampoos and he like who. Do like one one like flick of his hair and it'll be this beautiful like you know it'll just set itself in place. I'm like do you understand short hair is like there'll be one random hair here like, there'll yeah. be one other random hair here yeah. it'll be like standing and like randomly having a brain of its own. It's not neatly sitting in this beautiful coif <laughs> at all times. <laughs> you know how there is there is some sort of societal grading of what is okay and what is permitted. So I at some point in my family, I was sort of lowest on the totem pole of like, Oh God, this is always like But then one of my cousins got alopecia and her sort of hair started falling out in clumps. And then I started being told, see, she doesn't even have a choice. Poor thing, Papa, she has to like put up with this with no hair. And you are wanting to get your hair shaved. And what is this like you know flouting of your privilege that you're doing and and I can imagine what she was getting yeah what she was getting in that process of like just being told sorry you are completely not worthy until you get your treatments or whatever (laughs) like sign back up to society later
1: that's just a very twisted system of assigning value to something oh my god I think it's pretty common yeah like two of my friends have it yeah
0: then the shame economy just extends <laughs> to the rest of the family.
1: <laughs> I just feel like from all our stories, like there's so much like shame that like other people like, keep projecting on to
0: us, you know,
1: in addition to like pop culture and, and advertising. Good Lord. Yeah.
0: Salon schools. <laughs> uh, like think about it. all the institutions you sign up to. and then they, Yeah. Like as a prefect in school, I used to be told to children used to walk in a line and, you know, any boy whose length of hair was longer than the nape of the neck had to be pulled out of line. Any girl oh, wow. that didn't tie her hair had to be pulled out of line. And only later in life, you you realize how much a part of that 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 normativity building process that you signed up to and you were instrumentalized into, you know, as a prefect. Like, no, teachers don't These students, Students, students ko bolenge you yeah. baal theek nahi hai. You are not being boy enough. You are not being girl enough.
1: They teach you to police each other also. Are you, yeah, like speaking of school, there were so bangs, like having bangs or any type of fringes, layers, layering your hair steps and none of that is allowed right like yeah great even in your school how lovely i remember there was this one incident it was so traumatizing and so sad this girl came with bangs in her hair some i think a sports teacher one of the teachers like saw it and like it made, made like a really big scene so there were other teachers who came together in the classroom they call out the girl have her like sit down and they cut off like her bangs in front of all of us to like warn us of this. It was so sick. And frightening. It was like a horrifying scene. And they were just like you know. This is why like y'all can't like have bangs. So this is what will happen to you.
2: Um, yeah. This has happened with one of my best friends actually. I'm not this exactly. But like we used to have. So yeah. I did my 11th 12th from this like really interesting school. Which had all its priority was around policing girls and boys and like telling them how girls should mingle with boys. Classes come and my one of my closest like she's one of the like childhood best friends of mine and uh, she used to have less I think. Yeah. And we were supposed to like tie our hair in like two sort of ponytails. I had really short hair. So I remember when I joined that school I was told that every single girl is supposed to tie her hair. I'm like I can get my hair cut shorter than it already is but i can't tie my hair like this i have nothing to tie <laughs> i didn't need a hairband but i was supposed to wear a hairband for some reason uh, just to show some red on my head and then this friend of mine I, yeah she we we were we post assembly we were walking back to our classes and my principal literally pulled her out because she had i don't know she had worn some fancy rubber band or something i don't remember exactly something which was not as per the norms and then she just slapped her, you know, like really hard. All of us were there and we were like, oh no, we got so scared. And then she's like, this I told you is not allowed. It was, yeah, it was a very normal thing in our school. Uh, in that school, at least the one that I'd done my 11th and 12th from.
1: So horror, oh, this is Halloween ka episode. Hai. My God.
2: such a nightmare. We should do a we should do a separate episode on schooling. Yeah? I really think there's
0: so many. <laughs> I'm just not sure if I've I've processed my own trauma around school yet. It's just there was a lot. It was just so it was so multi layered. It's not yeah. it's there was a lot. No watch me watch me attempt the the worst segue of all time but like what has like truly scared hairdressers the most about my hair more conventional hairdressers have been the greys right I've had like premature greying not premature I don't even know if it's premature I think it's just greying and so I have like a fair like thicket of grey hair uh, very visible sort of on top of my head and They're never able to make sense (laughs) when I enter these salons. How have I not started dyeing my hair yet? And I'm just like, I want to keep it this way. Like no, no judgment this way or that way, but I want to keep it this way. And earlier when I used to go in, like when I had only a few uh, gray hair and I had started, like gray hair had sort of started presenting When I was 21, I think. Uh, So when I used to walk into salons, uh, these two hairdressers, when they were cutting my hair, used to cut out gray hair. (laughs) Like they used to find individual strands of gray hair and cut them out and think they're doing me a service by doing that. Just this is everyone's trauma. Every single person's trauma around me. It's like, oh, my God. So why do you have so many gray hair and why have you not done anything about it and I'm like the only time I think about how gray my hair is is when I come into the salon and you ask me about it otherwise it's hair <laughs> it's on top of my head it's sitting there. basically I think on so many levels so institutionally there there is a norm, norming that has constantly kept happening around Around age, gender, uh, uh, caste, and hair, and and then that is something that we also, I think, internalized, participated in, sh- in the shame economy ourselves, and then I think <laughs> continue to participate. I'm I I'm, I don't want to presume that we are so evolved that we have completely <laughs> completely found a way around the shame. But this was a good chat that sort of that sort of dug into different aspects of that and hopefully yeah hopefully I'd, I'd really not thought of this uh, Shada, but I mean I I'm I'm now very pissed off that I'm paying so much more than uh, men <laughs> for their haircuts
1: <laughs> again PSA if any hairstylists uh, are listening stop eliminate gendered pay rates for your hairstyles
0: it's a, it's a strange way of like applying the pink tax really
1: exactly
0: yeah anyway but thanks thanks rata this is so much fun
1: uh thank you so much this has been really really enjoyable i had a lovely
2: chat with both of you i had a very tiring day and i'm just like wow just have a conversation on hair (laughs) by the end of
1: the day this is a nice decompressing conversation yes exactly also thank you for having me on your podcast this is the first time I did a podcast and I feel very really, uh, very excited <laughs> about it it's like I feel like I checked a box
0: I'm, I'm just glad we are a box that people want to take
1: <laughs> I, I because like I've always like I always like talk to my friends about oh my god I'm gonna have a podcast show and we're just gonna like get drunk and we'll review things <laughs>
2: So the oh please do I mean, it. that's a good idea please do it. that'd be such a fun fun thing to
1: listen to so it's kind of like a review slash rant about a book or a tv show and you can have a beverage Perfect. of your choice you don't have to get drunk but yeah so I feel really happy that I could get on a podcast before I actually did
0: <laughs> come back when you need to promote your podcast when it eventually comes back <laughs> I will I will
1: oh I did I did have a plug.
0: Please, please, please. Go ahead and plug. So
1: if anybody is listening, uh, please donate and support of uh, the, all the fundraisers that Bahujan Queers and uh, DBA Queers put out. And um, there are a bunch of links in my bio, in my Instagram profile. My Instagram ID is it's at musical. It's in the description. <laughs>
0: Thank you so much again. Thank Thank you. you. Thank you for coming. coming. This is lovely. Thanks for joining us this week. We put out new episodes every week. You can find us on Instagram at Forself Feminism. You can email us at forselffeminism at gmail.com. We're on every podcasting platform. You can leave us a review on iTunes and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye.